welcome back to the Unfounded Podcast listeners. My name is Chris Turner. I am your host. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon. Whenever you're listening to this, I hope you're having a fantastic week. It is Wednesday where I am right now, so kind of hump day here. Uh, hope, Like I said, hopefully everything's going good so far. Um, but I'm going to roll right into the subjects for you today, okay? Um, today I am thinking about community. All right, so community. Let's define community. Actually, that's a good way. I like I like starting with definitions. I think it's a good way to, to start off the conversation. All right, so community. Definition. Sorry for my loud keyboard, too. Uh, it might be annoying. I don't know if it is. Uh, let's see. So off of, off of Google, community. A group of people living in the same place or having a particular characteristic in common. For example, the scientific community. Uh, second definition. A feeling of fellowship with others as a result of sharing common attitudes, interests, and goals. Okay. So I think this is an interesting place to start because you see there's these two different definitions. They're not really different. They're kind of similar in some ways. But the first one is talking about sharing a common thing, right? And, and so is the second one. But the first one is really kind of focusing more on the tangible side. It's like like out like external things, characteristics, right? Skin color, you know, race, sex, whatever you want to do. Like, um, uh, and this is like kind of a controversial idea, right? It's like, what, you want communities grouped together based on those things? Well, in some ways, this is what this definition is talking about. It's like, you know, those characteristics are what create the community, right? It's debatable, but whatever. Um, and then the second part is talking about more of the attitudes, the interests, the goals, the internal things, right? So you can also create a community based off that. Now, I want to go into this. It's going to be a, probably a little more political in this episode, just heads up for people, because I, I feel like community is, is a very, I view it politically. Um, that's how I like to talk about it. But anyway, I want to talk about community. So working off those definitions, the way I view community, a, a community is a group of people with a shared goal or interest. Right? It's, a, it's a group of people with a shared vector, shared direction. They orient themselves like, hey, we're all going this way. You know, we may need like different tasks done in that process. And we're going to combine our efforts to get to that goal based on that. Right. That's how I view community. But it's really interesting because there's also in that one definition I just read, there's also another way that you can define community and it can be based on the external things, the way you look, the way you talk. your outward appearance in some way, or the place that you're living, literally the actual place you live in, right? And in terms of that, in community, we usually like to draw lines on a map, arbitrary lines on a map, right? Like, hey, here's the borders of that one. This makes these people the same. <laughs> you know, you see how, ar how arbitrary it is. It's it's kind of a ridiculous idea on the surface, but here's, this is the one group of people, and this is another group of people, and this is another group of people. Community in terms of government is a very important idea. It's an important period, but I want to talk about it in, in, as it relates to government because I think it's a good way to conceptualize what a community is or what it should be. Like I said, in my definition, the ideal definition, it's a group of people that share the same vector, the same direction. They're going the same way, and they want to leverage their abilities and the others around them to get to that goal, whatever it is, get that, that direction. In the United States, that vector, I'm sorry if you can hear my dog snoring too. She's snoring pretty pretty good in this one. Um, uh, in the United States, that vector is 
I think the way we think about it is as like liberty. So our shared common purpose as a community is for liberty, more freedom, the unfettered control of oneself, which is a really good idea to base community off of, right? It's like, cause you see how tricky that is. It's like, you're basing the community off of the individual. So it kind of extends to everyone that agrees with that idea, right? If you agree that the best way to go about fixing the world is to focus on yourself, then you're part of the community. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's, that's really in its ideal form too. What like the idea of the United States is, is like, Hey, we're going to create a community based off of people that recognize that it's really important for them to fix themselves. And if they fix themselves, maybe we can make a really good community based off of that, a, 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 something that goes up continuously. And it has, right? The problem is we've also mixed up something there too. And this is going to be hard to like keep these separate because this is a whole other topic on itself. But I think I've talked about it a little bit before. The idea of rights and responsibilities. So you have, in any community, you have to have rules, right? But you also have to have, you have, to have things that people agree upon. We call those rights. So let's say I, agree, I, I think that it's not good if somebody harms me. So in that, I could say, hey, I probably agree that it's not good if somebody harms you too. Because I know that feels bad for me. So let's assume it feels bad for you too. We're all the same thing. We're all part of this community, right? So the, the, rights, the right is I shouldn't need to be harmed. The problem is, is we haven't connected the responsibility side of that modern day. There's another aspect to that. It was the part that I talked about in the, la the latter form. You also have the right to that kind of security. If I can recognize it in myself, I can recognize it in everybody else around me. Because what, are you different than anybody else? No. So if you, if you know that you have the right to safety, security, and, and like no harm, right? Then you know that, you recognize that in somebody else. You have the responsibility to respect that in somebody else. You get how there's this, this, it's two sides of the same coin, rights, responsibilities. The problem is our conception of our community is completely and entirely based off of rights, period. Everybody thinks they're entitled to something, but in a weird way are not extending that to the people around them. I think one of the problems here, I'm going to try to get off that because I, I don't know if I'm connecting the dots well there. I'm going to try to try another vector here. Alexis de Tocqueville, uh, he's a famous writer, and, uh, political philosopher, political thinker. Uh, he lived in the 1800s, late 1700s, early 1800s. And he was one of the first people to visit the United States after the revolution and write about it in any depth. And there's a lot of curiosity around the world when this was happening, right? Because in general, revolutions don't go well. Ours was one of the only ones that did. <laughs> so there's a lot of focus on the United States, especially after the revolution, on how this thing was going to work out. There's a lot of novel ideas in the founding of our country. You know, the idea and this idea of bringing other people from different nations in, right, is a very novel thing too. You know, a lot of the ideas of the European countries was was this idea of being born imbued with like the attributes of the nation. Right. So like you, the only way to become a member of that community is to be born into it is, a, is an idea that was 
prominent throughout Europe when this idea was kind of torn down when the United States was built. It also presented some problems. This is what Alexis de Tocqueville noted. One of the most interesting things that that he noted, um, I read him in college, uh, not entirely, but it's a long book, but I read a lot of it. Um, one of the one of the observations I really found fascinating with Alexis de Tocqueville is there's a, one part fairly early in his uh, experience. He came back and forth. He went, you know, a couple times to the United States. Um, he noticed as he went and he went through the country, like he went and talked to people, he interviewed people, he saw how their view of the country is its its development was, you know. And one thing he noted is every community he came across people had a different conception of what it was. So he noticed and he identified that the United States was made up of all of these little miniature communities. Boom, 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 scattered all around. You know what I mean? There's all these little communities. And his critique, one of his main critiques was that everybody disagreed. <laughs> but they didn't know it. So he said he actually identified that the United States saving grace is that people are separated by distance so that they can't communicate with each other actively because if they did, they'd realize that they absolutely hate each other. They don't agree with anything and that the country would completely tear itself apart <laughs> if they realized this. This guy realized this in 1820, like, right? He was talking about this. Because you already kind of see where it connects to what I was talking about earlier, right? Community. I'm talking about rights. Well, if everybody in that community thinks that the whole idea of the country is based on their their right to freedom, liberty, then what happens when they get exposed to people that vary or differ with them but are also members of the same community? Enter the internet, <laughs> right? <laughs> Enter the internet. Everybody's been freaking out because they think that the world's changed or something especially since the last election. Like, oh my God, like everybody's mad at each other. Nobody agrees with anything. It's like, well, no, nobody ever did. <laughs> like, that's part of the, You're realizing something that somebody 120, 150 years ago noted, right? We're just experiencing it actively now because like he was saying, the distance problem is now no longer there. You can communicate actively with pretty much anybody, not only in the United States, but all across the world. So it's making everybody feel very small. It's also making you realize that you have a lot more responsibility in the way that you view others than you would have liked to admit before. <laughs> that maybe your viewpoint isn't a panacea. People's idea of democracy itself is that they think about it wrong. Democracy is a painful process. It's very inefficient too. If you want to talk about efficiency in, in governing, the most efficient way is to have one person at the top making all the decisions very quick. <laughs> you know what I mean? It just a lot of people get trampled in that process. It's not very good. It's not good for other reasons. We've obviously identified that throughout history. But the idea of democracy is actually you're going to slow down that process. You're going to make it inefficient on purpose. Because one of the things the founding fathers recognize is that quick change is bad change. That's why revolutions usually don't go very fa very well. <laughs> quick change usually doesn't work out very well in the, in a, in a government context, political context. So they designed a system that was in purposely slow. And that relied on kind of these communities intermingling so that they felt exactly what we were talking about, what Alexis de Tocqueville was identifying. They knew that their, that their perspective was varied in some way and that they weren't going to win all the time, right? That, that they were sometimes going to be in the, mi the minority and sometimes be in the majority. 
and understanding both sides of that coin is actually what's going to provide the perspective necessary to push the community forward and provide novel ideas, those kind of things. But we've gone astray there somewhat. I think it lies in the community idea. We have other... There's a lot of layers to this problem. I chose a big one this morning. There's this problem, I think, with the postmodern conception of community. Because I think it centers... It centers on the individual, as you'd assume. But it's an egotistical individual. It's the individual without the ego separated. It's the individual that thinks that they are a panacea. Because they've been fed this idea of rights their entire life. You have the right to this, the right to that, the right to this, the right to that, without ever mentioning once responsibility. Not once. It's, the word responsibility does not exist in our founding documents. But it is literally the other side of the coin to rights. I have no idea how the founding fathers missed that. It's a pretty big screw-up. <laughs> because we're now experiencing exactly the, the ramifications of that screw-up. People are egotistical because they think they've been fed rights, 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 without any responsibility side of that. So what do they do? They go out into the world and they try to take, 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 take. I'm a panacea. My viewpoint is how everybody should view. You know, before you had the luxury of thinking that everybody actually did view things like you. Now you don't. So what do you do? You try to change them. Okay. Well, people don't agree with me. Well, I'm going to go out into the world and I'm going to change that. It's the idea of, of uh, um, activism, right? has been latched onto. I, I told you it's going to get political, guys, but sorry. It's it's a really... Activism itself is... is. I'm not trying to say there isn't a place for it. I'm not trying to say there isn't a place for speaking out, right? There's an idea in the United States that, the, that you have to have... That people have to stand against the government, right? That, that, that the combined force of the people is, is what moves things forward. And it stops the tyranny of government. And so I would never say that don't be an activist, right? Actually, I would say don't be an activist because it's the label itself. It's the idea of activism as a, as a label. You labeling yourself as this warrior against everything else, the other. You're creating a community when you do that. And you're labeling the other communities as others. It's not good when you have, like, the whole idea of us as a country is supposed to be one one community based on not only our rights, but our responsibility to respect that in others, our opinions, free speech, all of this. Right? Like it's, you have to base yourself in that community. Once you start creating little mini ones in that, you create chaos in that system, which is what we're doing. The postmodern perspective, the activist perspective, perspective is allowing people to attach themselves to different individual, smaller communities that then fight against each other and create so many problems you, you can't see a way to actually move forward because we're acting like everybody else is the other. People that you are actually members of the same community with, you're acting, you're treating them as if they're other people. It's, it's incredibly unhealthy. And I often wonder if, if we, I often wonder if there was a flaw in, if there, if there's something fundamentally flawed about the way, about our system of government here that we need to fix. Because I see the idea of responsibility 
not just like popping up in this political context, but like I, I like I've talked about it before. Like one of the ways Jordan Peterson is a, the best to, person to talk about this. I think one of the ways that you can start to aim up in your life if you're feeling like you're not doing something or you feel like you've missed you haven't realized who you really are the best way to do that is to pick up what you're not picking up he refers to it in, in terms of responsibility you have a certain amount of responsibility in your life that you have to that you have to pick up and carry yourself first of all it's the simple things it's the things like getting up and making your bed making food and doing it with intent like i've talked about before with love imbuing it with actual time and energy because when you do that, you make your world, your individual world better, right? Then once you do that, once you pick up that responsibility and you can bear it, you demonstrate that you can bear that for any modicum of time, then you start to be able to look out into your direct community, right? The people that you're directly surrounded by. And maybe you can help them too, right? Maybe you can help fix a problem or because you've, you've generated the skills, you know, it, you've demonstrated that you are able to pull order out of chaos. It's a term that Jordan Peterson uses a lot and I love it. It's that the natural state of things is chaotic. The universe is a chaotic system. It's, it's the idea of entropy, right? The idea of entropy is, let me actually define it for you because it's a, it's a pretty big definition. Um, but in my conception, entropy is the, is the tendency for things to go from order to disorder naturally. This is a natural state of the universe. So uh, in physics, entropy is a thermodynamic quantity representing the unavailability of a system's thermal energy for conversion into mechanical work, often interpreted as the degree of disorder or randomness in the system. Uh, second one is lack of order or predictability, gradual decline into disorder. So this is the more aligning with my conception of it. This is, I think, the conception that most people have. So entropy is this natural tendency in, in nature for things to go from an ordered state to chaos. The best way to conceptualize this is like make a sandcastle, right? You make it, you put it, you, you define it with order, you imbue it with order because you put energy into it and you make it structured. Well, then if you leave it, it starts to degrade. Any kind of thing would. If you just built like the Eiffel Tower right now and then it didn't do any maintenance to it, it's going to degrade naturally. This is entropy in action, right? Anyway, the idea of entropy is that if you don't act if you don't actively go out into the world and try to try to bring the order out of the chaos, pick up your responsibility, right? Then what happens is the world devolves naturally. Entropy takes takes place, and, and everything starts to devolve into chaotic state, right? And I, I, you know, I don't mean to, I don't want to be a doomsdayer, right? Like I'm not trying to say that we're all headed towards doomsday, but we are, I think, in this trend of aiming downward in a weird way, like actively not picking up our, the things that we need to do not picking up our responsibilities as individuals. You know what I mean? It's like this, and it links to that egotism. You know, if, if, you, if you're playing this game where you think that you need to kind of trick everybody or your adversary, like you, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a tough line to walk, right? Because if you, if you, you can see how the egotism evolves out of this idea of the individual if you don't hedge it with responsibility. Right. If you if you if you have a child and you sit there, they're born and you like feed them with all these ideas of rights, the right to, you know, free speech and come like, you know what I mean? Like liberty and the pursuit of happiness and all this kind of stuff. It's like, oh, I have a right to all that, too. But then you don't really connect that. I mean, you do kind of tangentially, but you don't really like directly say yes. But in order for that to be a reality for everybody, you have to respect it in others. Right. And to imbue that and to like codify that so that it is taught in the same at the same level that rights are. If we did that, then we, I don't think we'd have this ego problem, as big of an ego problem. 
But when you take that idea of only focusing on rights and you combine it with the economic system we implemented, <laughs> what you have is a runaway ego train that is like, I mean, hard to describe the problem, the size of it. But we have so many people in this world running around trying to change the world to them. And it's, I think, I think I outlined why. <laughs> I've been all over the place here. It started with community, right? Community. In order for us to operate effectively as a community, you have to realize that we, that we all share, like what we share, what ideas we share that we agree upon, you know? Those are supposed to be rights and responsibilities. The individual, the importance of the individual, and the rights and responsibilities that come from that, that stem out of that. Holding that above all else. It's been a pretty good bet up until this point. But like I said, because we haven't had the responsibility part, it's devolved into an ego problem. It's created its ego. And because of that, everybody has, has created their own miniature communities based on the perspective. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and, and then I've tried to establish those perspectives in the hierarchy. My perspective is more important. This one isn't. The, the lunacy of it is absolutely crazy. Like, like Thinking that your perspective is any more valid than anybody else's is absolutely ridiculous. You heard, like, you heard me talking about this in the other podcast, too. It's like a, a perspective problem. You think there's one perspective that's better than the other? Who says so? You? <laughs> you know what I mean? I, what I was talking about the other episode, when we, you know, like, what you, you think things are overplayed? You, you say so? Okay. <laughs> what if I say no? Oh, we have a problem there, don't we? You, your perspective is not better than everybody else's, you know? And that's what we do when we create these little miniature communities. You know, I'm a part of this community and that community and this community and that community. And then it makes, an, it makes you an adversary to everybody else, you know? I'm not saying you can't have, like... There's a lot of kinds of communities, right? Less important ones, I guess I'd say. Where the stakes are less high. Where you can have, like, a community of, like, brunchers. And they can go to brunch together or something, you know? <laughs> there's not very many people that are going to be like, hey, you know, screw brunch, you know? But when it, when the stakes are at the highest level, when you when you go to like the things that really people really care about, yeah, they're separating out into these little mini groups, these little mini communities, and that's all because we've we've failed to recognize that our ego is a, is out of control, and that if you think that your perspective is better than any, everybody else, you're going to tear down the entire com the, the community at large, you know. Don't you guys feel that that like we've lost our shared purpose as a nation? We don't even know what it is anymore. We never knew what it was, actually. <laughs> you know? It's like everybody's idea of America is a little different. And... I don't know if that's sustainable. You can see it in the political landscape, too, right? This community is it's one of the most toxic ones, man. If you want to experience toxic communities, get involved in politics. <laughs> And I worked in politics as well, you know. I studied it in, in, high, in high school, in college, and I actually worked in D.C. for, for a summer as, a, as an intern. So I've, I've experienced it. I've seen that monster. It's a monster you don't want to be a part of, I promise you. Um, because it's, it's, it's the worst version of what I'm talking about here. Those communities are completely and utterly toxic, and all they've done is created the other out of the, other, the, the opposition. And, and it's... it's it's, it's brought the, the mechanisms of government to complete and utter grinding halt. Dismantled them, actually. 
because you already see like democracy doesn't work unless you 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 believe that everybody is coming with good intent as soon as you just introduce the idea of the bad actor within that community it creates many communities right if you if you have like the Democrats and the Republicans and you assume the Republicans are bad actors and the Republicans assume the same thing like they're just out to get you, right? They don't really want to help things; they just want to screw you over. As soon as you take that perspective, you make it impossible for you to ever work together, right? Because you're always going to second guess them. You're always going to question them. Oh, what's your real motive? Oh, you said this, but did you really mean that? Because you're assuming that they don't they don't mean what they say, and they're assuming the same thing, right? You're actually making an ego monster out of them, and they're doing the same with you. And you're doing it on purpose. Very unhealthy. <laughs> uh, and, and I don't... I, how do you solve... I guess maybe that's a good way to go this. Because I've been a little you know, negative, I guess, in, in my perspective of this. How would, how would we go about fixing some of these problems? Like, How would we go about bringing our sense of community at a greater scale? Like, I would argue we need to make a sense of community at the global scale. A human community, right? And I think that's been argued for a lot throughout history. How do you do that? I think the best way is for there to be an external threat, but that's another episode in, in its entirety. Um, the for, for example, I won't just leave you on the cliffhanger. If you had an alien threat, right? Let's say aliens invaded. Yeah, that would combine everybody together under a common flag pretty quickly, right? Or you like all of a sudden discovered some like human race, alter human race that like tried to invade and take Earth, right? Like that would make us as the the, the first human race or whatever you wanted to define us as different than them, like. It, that would make us, you know, the combined together. It, it form a community automatically. The other is very powerful, you know, uh, combining force. The idea of the other. These these like shadow figures on the outside that we don't really understand. They're kind of mysterious, but they definitely don't want the, what's best for us. That's the idea of the other, right? <laughs> and. Oh man, it's everywhere. It's everywhere nowadays. But how do we bring? How do we get people to shake out of that? How do you get people to stop viewing other, everybody else as the other? There's probably a couple ways for that. One of them is to run the train off the tracks. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's probably the most logical bet is to continue to devolve this way and to continue to focus only on your individual desires and community that you've created out of that uh, and and see how well the country performs because it won't, you know, perform. The idea, it's based off of cooperation. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then and, and the larger community staying together. We are, it, but but it, it can't do that if, if you if you're if you're sitting there saying rights, 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 rights. I have a right to this. I have a right to this perspective. And because I have a right to that perspective, it's right. No. <laughs> You do have a right to that perspective, and you're right to say it, but you also have a responsibility in that to hear other people's out and try to fit their perspective into yours. See what I'm saying? If you don't do that, then what you do is create another out of that person. And you create a smaller community. And then inevitably, you'll find another other within your new community, and you'll create another smaller community out of that. You get how illogical it is? It's literally, the, it's literally entropy in the human condition. It's the falling apart of things. We can realize that by running the ship off, like running the ship into the iceberg. That's one way you could realize that. Oh, crap, we broke it. You know what I mean? Maybe we wake up then. The other thing that could happen is, is 
people could see this, like they could feel it and try to actively work against it. But the, the, the problem is you have to understand why it's there, why the problem's there. You know what I mean? I think people have this feeling like something's off, something's not quite right, but they don't know what it is. You know what I mean? This is one part of it, I think, is that we've, we have this fundamental flaw in the way we've designed this system. And the only way to fix it is for people to try to un connect the other side of that that wasn't connected for them. It's for, for people to realize that they have a responsibility to kind of morph themselves in some way, not morph other people, right? It, it's, it, it, it's the idea that you have the responsibility to, to live your best life. And through living your best life, you positively influence, impact people around you. You know, and that's how you pull people up. That's how you create a larger community too, is because you're giving people something, you're sharing with them, you know, and then that creates this bond. That even if you do disagree, you both know that they're important and you're demonstrating that actively. We have to get back to that, to demonstrating to all of the other people that share our community with them that you are important and your perspective is important, no matter who you are, right? This idea is also another idea that, that like we have to, you know, eliminate certain ideas, certain th ways of thinking, you know, like, because they make us uncomfortable. And there is, there's a lot of really despicable perspectives out there, man. Like, I'm not going to try to defend a lot of these, but at the same time, they're, those people are, have just as much of a right to hold it as you do. And the harder question is you actually have a responsibility to respect that thing in them, which is a really backwards thing to do, but you, you do. Because even if like you don't agree, you might be able to pull something out of that opposition, right? Even if you're viewing it and you're like, you're tr like think about trying to trying to empathize with the perspective that you like you despise the most. Have you ever tried to do that? You ever tried to actually figure out how people view, like how you would get to that point? How would you how you would view things from whatever the opposite perspective is? Let's say if you're a uh, you know a, a liberal activist, you try to view it from kind of the you know the the right-leaning cuck perspective, <laughs> you know what I mean? Whatever, or not cuck, you know what I mean? Like that that kind of like troll is the term I was looking for. Uh, perspective, right? How would they get there? If you can figure that out, I guarantee you, you're not going to despise them because you'll understand them. Even if you don't agree, you'll understand why they're there, you know? And if we can do that, if we can try to get that process started, started, I hope through things like this, like that's one of the reasons why I'm doing a podcast too, is like, I think that this is in this kind of dialogue showing that you can unfilter yourself and you can speak honestly, right? And not plan things out and still come to some kind of productive ending, right? And engage with the things that make you uncomfortable. Like all of those ideas is partially what I'm trying to demonstrate here. And I hope other people try to apply in their lives as well, you know, like it, I'm not sitting up here trying to say I have the answers to anything, guys, but I do know that if you apply these things, they work, <laughs> you know, because I've tested them in my life and they work and I've seen them work in other people's lives. It's not just me. I've, it's a lot of, go listen to anybody that's done anything worthwhile in the world and they will say the same thing. You know, you have to kind of, you have to respect the experience of life in some way in that, in everybody. It's almost like the only way that you are able to pull any value out of the world is for you to understand that you're a small piece of it because then it like, then you see the beauty in others. You know what I mean? It's like once you humble yourself enough, you can see how beautiful everybody else and their varied perspective is. But if you are trying to act like you're controlling this sucker and you're going to rule the world, 
eventually, like that, then then yeah, everybody else is opposition, and you're gonna go and wreak havoc in the world because you're gonna view them, them as such, even if they're not trying to be. You know what I mean? And I, I got to be quite honest. I think this is one of the problems that's happening politically right now, on both sides. But I I also have to be honest too. Here, I think it's a more of a problem on the left right now, because of everything that it's reacting to, right? There's this reaction that came out of the last election that I think the it's an overreaction that is really, really dangerous. And to, to any of my friends on the left, because I, that is exactly where I came from, right? Like, all I would say, man, is, is if you feel like, if you feel out of control, or you feel like something's not quite right with some, what you're saying, or you don't actually believe what you're saying, you probably don't. You need to search, look a little more, right? There's a lot of people on both sides that will tell you. They'll try to fill in the blanks for you and say, "I have the answers." They don't. They don't. They they don't. They, they're not smarter than you intrinsically, right? They don't know more truth or how to recognize truth better than you intrinsically. Everybody has their own ability to do that. You get to decide what you find valid and not valid, right? In your perspective. Also, it doesn't mean you get to de- tear down somebody else's once you figure out your own validity, right? But you have that right. Don't let other people influence that, right? Like, sure, you can listen to other people's perspectives, but don't let them tell you, is what I'm saying. Don't let them tell you what to think, right? You are a free being. As soon as you trade away that autonomy, you become a robot. You become something out of control, right? And and I see this happening, like I said, it's more prevalent on the left right now, but it's happened on both sides, right? Like this idea of just like toe the fucking line, right? Like, like you know, it doesn't matter. We're in a war, right? And we need to we need to go and like eliminate the other side, any means necessary, kind of thing. This this attitude has got to stop, because if it doesn't, it will tear the country completely and utterly apart in half, right? And and what I worry. And what I hope for is that in this next coming election, this next political cycle, we come to some kind of shared idea of what the future community vector looks like. I don't see it happening right now. (laughs) I see a lot of people up there pretending, but I hope that's what we come to. That's what we need to be talking about. How do we bring people out of the hatred? I don't want to hear anything on those debate stages anybody talk about anything until you tell me how you bring your group and the other group back to the table how you stop infighting how you stop calling them the other how you stop blaming everything on them once you can tell me both of you guys both the sides once you can tell me how that's going to happen maybe maybe we can move forward right but all of this other talk all these wedge issues and stuff and trying to think that you're going to you're going to work your way in by just approaching it from it's been tried guys promise you everybody that works there's a lot of people that live and and breathe that community every day and they've tried everything to try to convince the other side to come over and share their perspective it's not going to happen right the only thing we can do is try to try to at least bring people figure out where we do share you know, common interests, common goals. And to focus on those and work outward from there. You know, if we can work outward from there, maybe we can get to a place where we can honestly say that we share a community. Anyway, I hope that was good. I don't know if it was. I felt like I was really all over the place, but I 
I think that's about all I got. I'm almost a little over here, about 36 minutes. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, if you have any comments, questions, or concerns, let me know. I got the Facebook out there now. I've got Twitter. I've got uh, Tumblr. I've got Instagram. Uh, so, yeah, leave some comments, some likes. Let me know how I'm doing, uh, you know, and uh, and I hope you enjoyed it so far. All right. Have a good rest of your week. Uh, hopefully be back here. I'm thinking on Friday. All right. I will talk to you soon. Bye.